I haven't podcasted in the longest I've gone without podcasting since we did that Swamp Thing episode on uh, uh, fried squirms <laughs> in like 2017, 2018. So today, getting ready for this, my brain was like, oh my God, do I even remember how to podcast? But instead of like reviewing the material, doing something useful, I got super stuck on what we're going to call this crossover episode. Because, like, with when we mm-hmm. crossed over with fried squirms, it was super easy. It was, like, general squirtery or, like, you know, fried nerds. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's bad names, but they're, like, mm-hmm. fun. It's general Island. <laughs> Noob nerdery. The first one sounds like a soap opera from hell. <laughs> the second one, wildly inaccurately. But, anyways, welcome to our crossover episode. Welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards, we like to think of it as learning in luxury. I knew that episode, or I knew that transfer was going to be weird, but like, I just had to do it. So, this is, as you've now noticed, uh, our crossover episode, and we're doing this for a whole month between our two podcasts, General Nerdery and Noob Island, because we needed to get through a bunch of Marvel vampire movies, so it was just easier to bash them all into a month. It's stuff, I mean, we would have eventually done this anyway on General Nerdery if Noob Island didn't exist. Right. So, but that brings us to our third co-host. Our so I guess our guest for General Nerdery and our co-host on and our noob. Island, and our noob, the least appropriately <laughs> referred to as noob person, possibly ever. <laughs> Mac, hello. say hello. Hello, hello. So, oh, thanks for inviting me to General Nerdery. <laughs> so, if you don't listen to Noob Island, Mac is our noob. He is the person that we have been teaching about magic in the Marvel universe for. Two years now? A little over two years, maybe? And we keep calling you the noob, and, like, you and I have had in-depth conversations about Damon Hellstrom's Son of Satan. It's the good stuff. Or, like, small weird things you've noticed in the Strange series. My God, we have... (laughs) I know it's the motif of the show. We have to keep calling him that, but... (laughs) You know more than my fellow comic experts. That's okay, that's okay. He's the noob until we get through our... 15-year course of study. <laughs> yeah. We are over halfway on the Marvel stuff. <laughs> but are we, though? The God section is going to take a long old time. Thor by time. himself is like four episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, we've... Mm. Loki might be two. <laughs> we have so much still coming up. Like, I'm not complaining. When we first started planning Noob Island, and it was just going to be... When we first started talking about it, it was going to be the fourth, every four episodes of General Nerdery. So, like, the end of every month, we were going to do a New Byland episode. And we're going to do it for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't even get through the sorcerers. <laughs> and some of those I kind of want to redo now, yeah. like, mm-hmm. looking back at them. Now look at it. Um, but, Mac, for those of us who don't listen to New Byland, I don't say us, I listen to New Byland. I'm you- on it. What are your nerd credentials? Nerd credentials. All right. So, buckle up. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> There's a list. Uh, first and foremost, I am now a comic nerd. Uh, yay. Yay. And then, uh, 
backpats to Tyler and myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, other than that, I, if it's nerdy, I've probably been involved in it at some point in my life. Uh, so I have been playing video games since I've been like five. Uh, started off with like yeah, the, but that was like 2013. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> 2000. <laughs> Excuse me, I go crawl into my coffin. <laughs> yeah, was, my vintage is 95. <laughs> um, anyways, yes, I start with Nintendo, all that stuff, uh, all the way up to today. I still play video games avidly. I'm a 40k nerd. I love Warhammer. My my uh, army is Thousand Sons. I'm in a foam combat group with it's Belagarth. They know what Belagarth yeah, is. Belagarth. He's uh, a fellow realm leader with me in Wacky Bats as of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, newly Ooh. appointed. We have time to break him now. Yeah. <laughs> I also hate myself and play League, as most people do. Uh, I am an avid horror fan, both in books and movies, and I on occasion play music. Magic the Gathering. Oh, yes. You I play a have, lot of Magic I have the a cardboard addiction. Uh, I don't like to talk about it because it's disheartening how much money I spend on cards. <laughs> Yes, I also play that. You play Foam Combat, Magic the Gathering, and Warhammer 40k. I'm a very poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't play a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally not the housing crisis. <laughs> yeah. It's the cardboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are my nerd credentials. Good. Yeah, bud. <laughs> Wow, haven't done this for a month and a half. Well, and we're combining formats. So we are going to run this roughly as a general nerdery yes. episode. When we get to talking about Blade, we will uh, be doing a lot more comparing and contrasting to the comic book than we normally would on general nerdery. Also, we're trying to make it so Tyler doesn't have to bleep every other sentence. Right, because it's being posted on both feeds, and Noob Island is our family-friendly-ish <laughs> podcast. <laughs> With the exception of you'll listen and be like, whoops, missed that one. <laughs> right, some, some which topics, I'm yeah. sure we're labeled as explicit because of that. <laughs> uh, but one day I swear I'm going to go back and fix them. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so, obviously not everything, because again, it's been a month and a half, but what have we been ingesting? Yeah, not everything. So here's the thing. My not comic book collection alone would be like an hour and a half. <laughs> not everything, but also it's a little bit easier for me. Midnight Suns. It's been Midnight Suns. No, well, because part of the reason we haven't recorded in so long is because I got a concussion. Yeah. And was off of screens for a while. And so I just sat there and listened to audiobooks that I had already listened to so that I could just zone out and go to Didn't sleep. Didn't have to think. I'm totally with you. A little background as we keep being uh, to explain to everyone why it's been so long for us. Uh, between the three podcasts that you and I do, it takes four people to do them all. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us, except for Mac, has had stuff going down. Out of town, out of town, concussion. You were also out of town. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And Mac's like, so is it this week we're recording? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a rare exception where I have nothing happening. I'm just like, I am free. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Well, there was potentially going to be a general nerdery episode between. Yeah. And then we you had a guest lined up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I, was, I mean, we'll still get there. But. Um, and then I fell on the ice. Don't fall on the ice, people. You can really screw no, yourself I'm up. happy you're okay. That's scary. Um, so, but that makes my ingesting a lot easier than what it would have been for this length of time because there was a good bit where I was just lying there 
really, really bored. <laughs> any uh, any good audiobooks, though? I re-listened to the latest four Dresdens, yeah, like, okay. two times each, and then through, like... Oof, that is good. <laughs> and then, like, half of the first part of the Audible Sandman. Gotcha. And then I... there was there was one day where, um, instead of audiobooks, I just, like wrapped a headband around my eyes and put on reservation dogs and re-listened to the season. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, no, so my, the big ones were I did... I don't know if I ever mentioned I was going through these. Um, I mentioned it as a recommendation during one of the Dresden episodes. God, back when we were still doing recommendations. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, but I finally finished the Iron Druid series. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> It's more that, like, I need to mention it because it's been taking up so much of this past year because I was just doing it, like, each time I would get an Audible credit, I would just get the next one. Mm -hmm. So it's been spread out over the past nine months that I've been slowly getting through it. And the series starts a lot better than it ends. Uh, It's always the risk when it's, like, an 18-book series. And it was only nine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just nine. You know what I mean. I don't know. Book eight was better than book nine, which was kind of a bummer. Oh like, yeah, you wanna you wanna finish on a high note. Um, like it was a better high note, and I like I don't even dislike some of the choices made at the end, but some of them just seemed weird and like it had been building somewhere else, and then eh. mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> Surprise. And I don't know the best character, the character that the entire series should have been about, wasn't introduced till the end of book six. And then once he shows up, you're like, well, I kind of don't care about anyone else now. Owen is the best. Anyway. It's too bad this is an audio format because both Mac and I's eyes went really wide simultaneously the moment you said book six introduced the interesting character. So it's not that Atticus is bad. Like, I was locked in. I was was kept at the books. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed them. Like I said, though, it just ends... Man, and like then it's also supposed to be an ending, but there's like 15 different trails like left open where you're like, cool, so it's obvious you're going to continue these stories at some point. Little side ones. Don't know how. It might be a whole new series, might be little short stories, but like you left this open, you left this person going and doing this. Like, you're that or just super sloppy writing. I, yeah. And just. The last, like, three books of the series, I kind of didn't like how important, like, many fantasy authors these days, like, they'll go do the different short story compilations and throw different things in, like, related to their universe. But this author made them really important. But God forbid you miss that 10-page story. Like, whatever, like... Butcher does it with the Dresden stuff, and he's good enough at it that you don't necessarily have to go read those short stories. Yeah, I remember one character in the Dresden. I don't even remember who it was. I was like, wait, what? What's happening here? But but even then, it's explained as I was much able as to figure you, it out. Yeah, yeah, you're able to figure it out, and it's usually just like, oh, he knows this person. In this case, it was like between one book and the next, suddenly going into the next one and being, oh, so they have a whole new dog and a live-in dog sitter who's English and a new best friend that, like, provides all sorts of amazing prophecies for him. Weird. So it's gonna be like the Star Wars people who didn't catch Book of Boba Fett and go into Mando Season 3? Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I still enjoyed it, and I would... 
still recommend at least the first couple books. Gotcha. I would maybe just stop at Staked, though, and, like, eh, you know, I'm sure it ends somehow. That's fine. Um, I always feel kind of for, like, anything, because we, we go through so much media, especially for this podcast. The stuff that we're like, it's fine, because everything else we're, like, showering with praise, and it's like, I promise it's still good. Yeah, I, if it was completely not good, I wouldn't bring it up. Or we would be yelling about it mm-hmm. in a completely different direction. Definitely still good. I just, by the end, meh. So much Midnight Suns. So much. A it's lot so of good. Midnight Suns. It's so good. I know Max been playing too. <laughs> it's been a blast. Um, also it, Marvel, like, tried out Marvel Snap. Also amazing. Turns really? out all the hype is there. Like, all the hype's worth it. It's just a really well-constructed card game. Super easy to get in and out of matches. And if you're there to play with your friends, give them some time. They're adding an update to be able to do that. Otherwise, everything is great. Like in a a week, Yeah, I think. Yeah. So that's going to be great. It is great. And then the other thing is I went through both seasons of Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency and am super sad that they canceled it, even though I went into it knowing it was canceled. Because it's it's been over with for like three or four years now. So That's the Douglas Adams? Yeah, that's the Douglas Adams... um, Based off of the two novels from Douglas Adams, and, and I can't remember. So there's there's the Salmon of Doubt that's Hitchhikers, and then there's also a Salmon of Doubt that's Dirk Gently's. Douglas Adams. That were both posthumous. I, I love him. Don't get me wrong. He hated his fan base. <laughs> More than any author I have possibly ever seen, with the maybe exception of Arthur Conan Doyle. He hated his fan base. Uh, I don't know how this, that show isn't still going. It's so good. It's American Doctor Who, except more supernatural than, like, cosmic. With Elijah Wood. With Elijah Wood. And just a bunch of... If, you, if you've ever seen or read, like, John Dies at the end, it feels like Doctor Who mixed with John Dies at the end. Why does that sound familiar? Is that a movie now, too? That's a movie. It's, uh... Horror comedy where these guys take a drug called soy sauce. Oh, as and the main actor is um. I think I've seen them in something else. I forget their name. I th- the movie was decent. Yeah, yeah. You guys did an episode on that. We did yeah. fairly recently. Fairly recently. It's really fun. I highly recommend that movie. It's over on not the- much of a yeah over on fried squirms. <laughs> not much of a horror, more of a comedy, but it is like definitely like co- it's cosmic horror. It's like they take this drug and you can suddenly see across like dimensions but in like a lovecraftian kind of way so it's not that good except it's turned into a comedy because whereas like a lovecraftian protagonist would be driven mad by seeing those things these guys are just complete just like lazy screw-ups and just like don't care enough for it to actually affect them that much (laughs) i mean as we've covered over the years i am not a big horror movie fan but i've always really wanted to watch john dies at the end so like that's how Plus that name. Yeah, it really is solid. And Paul Giamatti's in it, and he's great. I kept wanting to say uh, Malkovich, and I knew that wasn't right. Giamatti. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's what I God, they should have given him more time as the Rhino. That was... Yes, they should For such a bad movie, that was a gifted casting choice. It really was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mac Attack, what about yourself? Uh, Stuff that I've watched recently. Watched, Um, read, listened to... Uh, we talked about this before the podcast started. I picked up Diablo 2 Resurrected, because why not? 
Because it's a great freaking game. I know, and I had some money for Christmas, so like, I haven't played Diablo 2 in a while. Let's play the new one on the PS5. Midnight Suns, Escape from Tarkov. What's Escape from Tarkov? It's a very janky Russian realistic shooter where you fight other people and try to get out alive or you lose everything you looted. Uh, Russian real estate? Shooter? Realistic. Realistic. It's made, it's that made makes significantly more group. sense. <laughs> it's like Arma 3 on Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm following that. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, what else? I've been going through audiobooks of Brandon Sanderson uh, between doing things. I'm listening to his Mistborn series. Teaching some friends 40K. Work. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. <laughs> cool. Nice and basic. Let's see. I mean... God, so, so much. Uh, side note, Dark Knights of Steel is an absolutely incredible book. It's, I hate to use the term DC Universe Game of Thronified, but it kind of is because it's warring houses and mm-hmm. people die that you don't expect to die and all of that. But it's uh, a, a medieval world of DC and it's the House of L led by Jor-El and Laura with the two their two children, the uh, Clark or Kal-El and their adopted son, Bruce Wayne. Okay. Uh, with okay. Harley as the court jester and like the Robins are all of Bruce Wayne's like intelligence gathering service. And then on the other side is um, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning oh. and like his multiple children. And Luther was, I don't remember if he was a former king or a scientist. He was something that got like banished and you're like, when's he coming back? Green Arrow's doing Robin Hood stuff. Like, it's... Uh, I have said very nice things about Tom Taylor over the years, and will continue to say a very nice thing about Tom Taylor. He's in my top two working comic book art- writers right now, and uh, he absolutely... Like, it's so clear this book that he's doing is a labor of love. Because I'm sure it's not selling amazingly. <laughs> like, uh, he also did uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, which, is, which I read... Finally, recently, which is Superman's son, Superman, because they just have given up on legacy characters having different names anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his son and his and Clark is off planet gone, and he's suddenly like, "Well, okay, guess I'm on my own. How am I gonna do this?" Also, apparently, I'm bi. Found that out about myself or <laughs> gay. I don't know which one, but mm-hmm. into dudes. Like that guy. Like really into that guy. <laughs> but it's fun because it's, you know, he's a he's a zoomer. He has stuff like, hey, the polar ice caps are melting, man. Like, I hang out there. Fortress <laughs> <laughs> of Solitude. But I went to I went to California recently for a Bellagarth event for foam fighting. And then got rained out because we got, if the reports are to be believed, hurricane-level rains without the hurricane-level winds. Gotcha. And I was in a tent. So (laughs) that did not work out. But we went to a comic book store there because the hell with it. We were staying in a cheap hotel. Mm -hmm. I'm not swinging stick at my friends. I might as well go do this. And uh, the people with me found it very on brand that as soon as we left, I was like, I really liked that comic store. There was a good selection, but man, their organization was criminal. <laughs> the The main back wall was all in alphabetical order, but no separation by company. Okay. Which makes finding things kind of a pain in the butt. Actually really difficult. And then they have spinner racks that actually it was like all of the gold was in the spinner racks. 
but there was no, no organization oh. to the spinner racks. It was just like, mostly like, well, these have never sold. So I, uh, that's where the stuff picked up. But like, I felt kind of bad. Uh, I found this book of, it was golden age jungle girl reprints, like a hardcover book of that. Now, jungle girl comics is, you know, Tarzan with mm-hmm. for being honest, but like, I love them, but they're a, they're a crapshoot of if they're going to be good or bad. And there wasn't a price tag on this. So I'm like talking to the guy and he's like, Oh man, I don't know. That's been up there for a really long time. Like, uh, I guess I'll call the boss and I'm, you know, a hundred percent eavesdropping mm-hmm. as they're doing. And he's like, well, I looked it up online boss and it says it's between like 35 to 50 bucks. And I don't know which one to charge. And I'm going like, hell yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get a $35 hardcover. Uh, you know, it's been up there for like a year. <laughs> and he goes off and he's like, I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. I'm like, I could hear you, man. Like, I know that's the expensive option. I was willing to pay 35 for crapshoot of comics that might end up being blindingly racist if I'm not lucky. Mm-hmm. But like, 50's a bridge too far. But I did find the complete collection of, um, you might have heard of this. There's no way that you, Mac, would have heard of this. Uh, it was a short line of comics called DC Tangent. Ooh, no. Okay. I don't think so. It, this was a long shot, but so you know how at the end of the Golden Age and into the Silver Age of comics, they took a lot of the characters and remade them yes. in new characters with like new backstories. So instead of, you know, uh, Alan Scott, who had a magic ring and lantern that was weak to wood, we got Space Cop Hal Jordan mm-hmm. with weakness to yellow and personality. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they uh Dan Jurgens, Dan Jurgens, I think Jurgens, who was a huge com he's still active today, but he, his heyday was like the nineties. He wrote Death mm-hmm. of Superman. So in nineteen ninety seven he was one of Mark uh DC's biggest people, was looking back at that like transform the gold and the silver age, and he went, What if we did that again today? And so they got all of the big name comic creators of DC comics. Uh, Carl Kessel, Chuck Dixon, which is weird to say because that dude went full alt-right a couple years back. As I said, Dan Jurgens, John Byrne might have been involved. I don't remember. But, like, you know, the, the, yeah, the like, wheelhouse. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so we're going to set up these creative teams. You're going to get a character's name. And you have to create a completely new character from that. But uh, that that's all you get. Okay. So, like... Batman is a magical suit of armor because he's the Dark Knight. (laughs) It's actually pretty cool. I know, I get it. The Flash (laughs) is literally a being made of pure light that has, like, light-based powers. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern is actually the coolest one. It's James Robinson and um, J.H. Williams III, the guy who did Sandman Overture. Okay. This is before he became, like, a huge legend character. And, uh... Half the books we read when we did some DC magic stuff were written by James Robinson. Like mm-hmm. he's, oh, he wrote Scarlet Witch. Oh, gotcha. Really good then. Reinvented Green Lantern as a uh, woman who is cursed to go from gravesite to gravesite. And if there's like the unquiet dead people who died with still stuff to do, mm-hmm. she brings them back to life so they can finish their unfinished business. And it's just like old school horror host as like the Green Lantern. Uh, and then it's just, you know, comics of 
bringing this person back. And they did, Mm -hmm. they had to find their murderer, this person back. And they had to, you know, find their son and tell them information. It was really good. Some of the books are, or some of the one shots are great. Some of them are fine. None of them have been bad lately yet. Yet. I have a, well, I have a few left, but like, you know, it's high enough quality that it was definitely worth paying for it. Uh, what I found really interesting, though, is Carl Kessel did a Joker one-shot, and in this version, Joker is A, a woman, and B, uh, a hero. Mm. But she's kind of a madcap, okay. chaotic neutral or chaotic good hero, you know, mm-hmm. messing with cops more than she messes with anyone else kind of thing. Which, one, was a much more interesting version of the Joker than I usually find him. But two, like a year or two later, Carl Kessel launched the first Harley Quinn solo series. Mm, interesting. Went, oh, damn. Carl, Carl, did you just really like this book? Answers yes. And just like want to go back. And I mean, I've read that series. It's no longer my favorite Harley Quinn story, but it pretty much was until the Harley Quinn cartoon started coming out. Yes. So... It's really good. So I was like, oh, wow, it's not the same. But man, you kept some ideas from this. <laughs> like, That seems like a good transition. Yeah. We watched some trailers. We watched some trailers, including a Harley Quinn one. Right, the fel- Valentine's Day special? Uh, an inappropriate Valentine's Day special or something like that. Highly or, problematic. That's it, like a that. highly problematic Valentine's Day special. I need to get caught up on Harley. I've like, seen the first two seasons, and I have read the Eat, Bang, Kill tour, which is the book that takes mm. place between two and three. Um, if you haven't read it, I'll lend it to you. Okay. It's very good and very horny. The name is, <laughs> the Eat, Bang, Kill tour is very on brand, okay. like, with what they were promising. Um, have you watched any of the Harley Quinn? I have not. Okay. One, do it. That's fair. I've been watching Boston Star Trek, but... but also do that. <laughs> also good choice. Uh, but we are in that um, by the end of season two, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, spoiler, have become a couple. Gotcha. So, I mean, you, I'm sure you noticed that from watching this trailer where they bang so good that all of Gotham <laughs> gets... Gets banging. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I, I it looks awesome. The, yeah, I haven't seen the third season... So I'm not 100% sure why. I'm pretty sure I saw Bruce Wayne in prison at the end of that. But, uh... Taking probably. <laughs> He's a billionaire. He deserves it. That More than anything, I'm just like, oh, I gotta get caught up. Oh, yeah, cool. It, it, it put the impetus back on mm-hmm. to, like, watching. What else? Quantumania? Quantum... I have nothing to say about that trailer. Other than... Okay, Jonathan Majors looks like the most interesting Kang ever created, which is admittedly in a low bar, in my opinion. But, but like, still, still, it's Kang. He is, even not being a big Kang fan, Ant-Man is so outclassed <laughs> in the, this battle. The, the current, like, almost leading fan theory is that he's getting killed in this movie. You know, there's been an ongoing kind of feeling that either he or Wasp is going to die in this movie. Uh, and he would make sense, especially he did die in Avengers Disassembled. And then his daughter, Cassie, mm-hmm. who seems to be a big part of this story coming up. And they've been slowly setting up all the kids anyway. Yeah, kind of becomes a big hero out of it. I'm glad the the fact that she's wearing the purple kind of implies a... Uh, 
in the mainstream Marvel universe, she became Stature, who is giant man, but Cassie. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, but her costume is 100% derivative of, it, it's Ant-Man's costume without the helmet and with, like, a mask. She mostly grows big. Uh, I really liked her in, there was an alternate timeline series called MC2 that was, like, the, the next generation of kids where she becomes Stinger. And it's the first time they ever portrayed Cassie as a hero in the comics mm-hmm. or like a superpowered individual. And she had, it was wasp Ant-Man derivative in the costume, but it was still very much her own. And it was very purple based. And the way that she's designed here looks real close to Stinger. So it'd be, I'm, I'm really hoping they go that direction. Stinger versus stature kind of reminds me that I think they just let it slip that, uh, Monica is going to be Photon. That was... I mean, that's her current name in the comics, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Monica is the the black agent in WandaVision who went through the bubble and got powers out of it. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, she was Captain Marvel originally. And now called Photon. She went through a couple different names because she became Captain Marvel, and then Captain Marvel's son, Jenis... Because this is not Carol Danvers. This is um, uh, uh, Marvel. Marvel, yeah. <sighs> Marvel. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> Janice Vell decided that he wanted to be Captain Marvel, and she was like, well, in fairness, you kind of have the right. And then he later changes his name not to Photon, but or she changes her name to Pulsar or something like that. I don't remember. And then later on, he stops being Captain Marvel and changes his name and completely accidentally steals her name again. (laughs) And she shows up when he's in New Thunderbolts going, what the hell? (laughs) And so there's an entire, like, why? Why would you do this to me? So there's this entire scene of those two hanging out in a bar together, getting drunk, coming up with a new name for her so she can be, or so he can be whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And they settle on Photon. But for a while, in Next Wave, Agents of Hate, which we will be reading at some point, is incredible. Okay. Uh, she refers to herself as Anti-Monica and murders a lot of things. <laughs> That's fair. Next Wave is so good. It's going to be our Elsa Bloodstone book. Um, what else did we watch? Uh, uh, Gotham Knights. Oh, right. So as I said while we were watching it, it looks like a show, a superhero show made 10 years ago. I feel like I would have been more interested in it 10 years ago. Yeah, like I would have watched it after I watched Smallville. <laughs> or even after like Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. yeah, early Arrow, especially. Well, and it falls into a lot of those things. It doesn't look like it's using any of the big name characters. When they said they were making a Gotham Knights show, I was like, okay, cool. Nightwing, Red Hood, Robin, maybe Red Robin as well. Like if mm-hmm. we want to have both Damien and, you know. Batgirl, spoiler, like, there's a whole squad that you could use for Batman dies, here's where the protégés come from. And instead of that, we have, I guess, Batman's son, who, from what I can tell, is not a named character. A girl in sunglasses that calls herself Robin. It's close enough to coming out that I'm sure they've released who all these characters are, right? Uh Uh-huh. And um, Joker's daughter. Joker's daughter, who actually is a character, Duella Dent. Yep. It doesn't look bad. It looks 
eh. It feels weird to call it primitive, but yeah. like when it comes to the style of storytelling, it looks primitive. That said, I thought Venom was primitive when it comes to superhero storytelling, and people really liked it. Probably because it was super simple. It was bad, but it was like a lot of fun to watch bad. All right, yeah. let's see. I think people, when they come for superhero <clears throat> movies, just want fun. I get it, but I think whenever anyone, whenever anyone defends Venom, they're like, Tom Hardy just crawled in that thing and started eating raw lobsters. I'm like, and? <laughs> yes, that's one scene. You realize there's a lot more to that movie, right? Venom as like, a character is more interesting than that. <laughs> He's not. Right. I got who they all are. We got Oscar Morgan's Turner Hayes, Bruce Wayne's adopted son. Adopted Never son. heard that name before. That sounds new. Navia Robinson as Carrie Kelly. Robin. Cool. Okay, The Dark Knight Returns Robin. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Fallon Smith as Harper Rowe. Uh, she becomes Bluebird. That's actually kind of interesting. Bluebird is a character from the Scott Snyder run. She was really being set up as a big name future, like possibly the next Robin kind of character. Gotcha. And then I don't know if he just decided he didn't want other people to play with her or just finish the story because she just kind of got written out mm-hmm. partway through. Tyler Dick. Kiera as Cullen Rowe, Harper's brother. I want to say a trans brother, but I'm not 100% sure. It might Olivia just be. Rose. They are queer. That's all I can right. say for sure. But. Uh, Olivia Rose Keegan is Duella, Dan- uh, Duella yeah, daughter of Joker. Uh, Anna Lore is Stephanie Brown. Okay, that's the spoiler. Mm-hmm. This is better than I thought. It's. Is it just because Titan still exists that they're not using so. Dick Grayson or like Tim is right there? <laughs> the best Robin. Like, no, you could even do uh, uh, Duke Thomas, mm-hmm. who becomes the Signal, who briefly was a member of a Robin-based gang that was secretly run by Alfred the Butler. <laughs> the Scott Snyder run got weird. Yeah. <laughs> Rahart Adams as Brody Marsh, son of Lincoln March. Interesting. Lincoln March is one of the... We thought we saw one of the talents, so that's mm-hmm. important. No Batman series can resist using the Court of Owls anymore. And that's the thing. Depending on how well they use the Court of Owls might be what gets me to watch the show. Uh, but, but Misha Collins as Harvey Dent. That's the supernatural guy. Yeah, that's all... Anytime he was on screen, I'm like... But that's Cass. <laughs> I'm like, Castiel is right there. A character whose entire outfit was inspired by John Constantine, so it makes it even weirder. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Because uh, Kripke's a giant Hellblazer fan. <laughs> that tracks. So it's part of, because they, they've already announced they're going to do a Superman crossover. It is part of the same universe as Superman and Lois, mm-hmm. which confusingly is not a part of any of the Arrowverse stuff. They have crossover characters, but that is not the same Superman we saw on Crisis in Infinite Earths. Right. Which is weird. Because they don't like us, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I have weird feelings about the realization that the Arrowverse is done in like 12 episodes. The Flash has an abbreviated season, which is not a bad call. Every Flash season suffered from it being about four episodes too long. At least. Four to 12 episodes too long. <laughs> and 
we have some spicy feelings for being a podcast about liking things today. It's because I liked it so much. That's the problem. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, this is going great. Oh, man, there's like eight episodes left to the finale. Um, it's time for Barry to completely revert <laughs> half a season because they ran out of time. Yeah. And like, I wasn't really watching much of the Arrowverse, but I'm still kind of bummed that like this. It's ending. Yeah. Everyone's coming back, though, for those final flashes. Yeah, Green Arrow's going to be mm-hmm. there. Are any of the legends? Maybe. Okay. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, White Canary showed up. White Canary and Brandon Ruth as the Adam are the only ones that, like, you kind of... I mean, they're the ones that had ties to mm-hmm. Barry. Oh, I think Kid Flash is going to be there. Oh, yeah. He was a legend for a bit. Mm-hmm. He was better on Legends than he was they in The Flash. They did not know what to do with him in The Flash. It was... I mean, everything was in Better in Legends, though, for all. <laughs> everything, for everything in the Arrowverse. Um, and then Mando trailer. Oh, yeah, Mando season three. Mando. Which, mostly as I was watching, I was just appreciating how much I really do love the design of the Naboo N1 fighter. Yeah. Ever since episode one came out, that's always been one of my favorite dogfighters. Also, I... this season looks like it's oops all Mandos. <laughs> <laughs> oops. Yeah. And There's I'm okay no oops. With this. They are super aware of what they were doing. They're going to a city of Mandos, and what could go wrong? On a planet of Mandos. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Katie Sackoff back, mm-hmm. and I've never been a huge Bo-Katan fan, but I do like Katie Sackoff, so, like, bring it on. <laughs> would would Grief Karga just explode if he was dropped on a planet of Mandos? <laughs> I am. Mando! <laughs> I, I feel like he'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> nope. I'm just going to go. Like, leave the baby with me. <laughs> that or just be this continuous, like, he's trying to get his attention. Mando! And they all just turn. Ma- no, not you. No, no. Other yeah, Mando. One. Other Mando. <laughs> other the shiny one. <laughs> the, with the kid. The, the little the green kid. I do like that everyone is just straight up being like, your son. he's your dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Because there's all, I mean, that energy's been going on since the second episode, but finally just admitting, not being like, I'm going to have to send you away, little guy, but like, this is my child and I'll murder you if you come near him. My wife is so in love with Mando and I should, this, this needs to be understood because she makes sure it's understood every time. Not Pedro Pascal. She's got nothing against Pedro Pascal, but people keep being like, yeah, Pedro's really hot. And she's like, no, 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 no. Mando. He can he should keep the helmet on. <laughs> Let him have that Mando Dilf energy. That's what I'm into. <laughs> um it comes up a lot. And considering she married me, I think dads are just her type. I'm not a dad, but like I'm a dad. <laughs> Big dad energy. <laughs> I do still say Grogu just had the wrong uh Jedi Master if he would have just been trained by Quinlan Voss. Yeah. It's all Quinn good. would have just been like, can I just go with you? Exactly. <laughs> like, let's just go. Like, like, let's can not... I join your guys' adventures? Because this seems like a fun time. Uh, we'll school them out of the back of the, <laughs> <laughs> out of the, back of the van. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense that Luke was like super scared of restarting the Jedi. Because considering he got the equivalent of like the two-week intro to what it is to be a Jedi and then was declared, like, graduate, like, didn't even finish his first semester of freshman year and was given a diploma and told to go into the workforce. <laughs> um, 
We're doing that now anyway. What are you talking about? Uh, God, my one of my teacher friends told me recently that they don't really do recess anymore. Okay. And uh, ready to burn it all down now. That was like the one positive thing in school. Yeah, you got three recesses a day. You got three? <laughs> ready to burn it all down now. I got I'm trying one. to remember how many. I got, I got three. I got one 15-minute recess. That makes me so blindingly angry. We had a, time was math. We had like a 15-minute recess at like 9, 9.30. We had lunch and then a 45-minute recess. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those that if you like ate so fast that you like forgot to breathe in the meantime, you could get like 50. Uh, and then a 15... You know, not hard for a kid. <laughs> right? And they just unhinge the jaw, like shove the apple down and be like, I'm good, go. Um, Grab a milk cart, let's go. And then somewhere around like 1, one thirty, there was another 15-minute recess. And then after that, we didn't get anything done. Like the teacher knew that that was the like, all right, now we're going to do art class. Get the macaroni out. Don't eat it. Put it on the canvas. <laughs> Stop eating the glue. You also can't eat that. Yeah, mine was similar. I can't remember the exact times, but yeah, similar. I don't know how I rem- remember it. That's like kind of sad. I remember you get one 15-minute recess, and we'd all talk about Resident Evil because we weren't supposed to be playing it, but, you know, we're kids. Who cares? And then we would have a half-hour lunch, and then it was just class the rest of the day. Thriving black market of Pokemon cards. It was, it was dirty. There was like a mob, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the Pokemon card mafia that was developing. The like, mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Can I interest you in a Pikachu? <laughs> Friggin' scammers being like, well, technically the Zapdos could beat your Charizard, so it's a better card. <laughs> I'm like, well, they're technically correct. Oh, I'll say trade it. No, what are you doing? I didn't know we were talking about trades. Uh, Mando. Mando. I'm excited to see what happens. I just want to see all the brightly painted Mandos. Like, I'm more interested in seeing different Mando armors than I am anything else right now. I mean, it seems like we're going to learn even more about Mandalorians. We're going to learn more about Mandalorians. We're going to see Babu Freak from Mm -hmm. uh, Rise of Skywalker, who was a fun little character that I wanted more of. So, sure. Sure. I do like that Mando is slowly tying us into the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. But maybe they should have done Mando first and then the sequel trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not like reverse engineered. Oh, this is actually not terribly done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it. I like most of the sequel movies better than the prequels anyways, but... Oh, I watched Tales of the Jedi. Oh, the the mini It's incredible. Yeah. I watched... It's like, like six half episodes. Of them. I, still need, I still need to finish it, but... The, the final few... And you need to finish Clone Wars, so the, yeah. the final few won't have quite the same effect on you, but... Spoiler, we watch, in the final episode... Ahsoka steal an Inquisitor's lightsaber and kill him with it because she didn't have hers on her at the time. Like, sweet. You're like this cool looking Inquisitor. Like, time for a big fight. She's gonna have to run a bunch, find where she hit her lightsaber. And nope, she just like dodged once, pulled it out of his hand, not with the force. She just yoinked it, <laughs> yoink, and stabbed him. It's like, ooh, that's okay scary. there. <laughs> like, that happened. Ooh. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, I need to finish it. All right. Uh, Okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will uh, 
Talk about Blade. It's Blade in time. <laughs> it's Blade in time. <laughs> it's always interesting to watch movies that I watched a lot when I was like, oh man, I watched this movie so much in high school. And be like, oh wow, you really heavily influenced my entire sense of design <laughs> for years to come as an illustrator. Like, when I draw armor, it's somewhere it, like any kind of body armor, it's somewhere between Blade and a Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. the range that I have. <laughs> that's a good range. Yeah, and I don't hate it. Um, honestly, I thought this movie held up way better than I expected Yeah, no, me it too. To. Um, other than some of the use of CG, but not as bad it as Blade 2. It was 1998. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. The it, 100% the worst part of Blade 2 involves the CG. So. In 1998, that would have been cutting edge. That's like watching old PS1 games being like, the graphics will never be better than this. It's so lifelike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you... You've never seen it before, nope. Mac. This is a... It, this, movie says, this movie is almost as old as I am. Wait, Every so, comic I had had Blade advertisements in it. Let's... Real quick, to to tie this in on the new violence side of mm-hmm. things, you've been learning about all these characters. Yes, we did a bunch of vampire stuff. Yes, what's the the first main big differences you've noticed? I was surprised that his mom wasn't a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's oh. actually really good. That was not where I was going, but yeah, <laughs> Whistler was fun. Yo, Whistler needs to be in the comic. Yeah, Whistler needs to be in the comic. That's a major mistake that they've not... I am kind of sad that he... After reading all this Blade stuff, I saw him. I was like, who's that supposed to be? This is a brand new person. It was really good. I'm I'm sad they didn't use him more um, now that he killed himself. And then... (laughs) What else? The Blood God... La Magra. I don't know what, because they're like, we're going to summon the blood gods. Like, this is another code for like, hey, we've, we found Dracula's body. We're bringing him back to life. And I was no. like, oh Wait no. Wait for Blade Trinity. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The worst version of Dracula I've ever seen on screen is in Blade Trinity. And Deacon. <sighs> Deacon. Deacon. <laughs> Deacon. Steven Dorff <laughs> instead of like an old man. Instead of an old German man. Yeah. <laughs> Just Deacon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Deacon Frost in the comic books. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I am here to make doppelganger of Blade to kill Dracula in this one. Like, young, pasty, terrible white boy. I named your mom. Also, I she's mean... trying to kiss you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like, we'll get to that in a second. I, I have to, like, they have the perfect person in this movie. Chris to... Christopherson. No, uh. Udo Kier. Oh, yeah. Which one was Udo Kier? Uh, Dragonetti. The one that they pull the fangs out of. Oh, and yeah. And he blurred him up. on the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. he would have been perfect. Yeah. He's German. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him, I was he like... Doesn't I, matter. I, when he started talking, I was like, oh, it's Deacon. I, I was watching this with my wife because she's never watched either. Like, oh, that's Deacon. And they say his name. I'm like, oh, that's not Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Udo Kier is great. It's weird seeing him in this movie now with like context of having watched a lot more movies because growing up i was just like okay this was my the first time i ever saw you yeah, yeah. now like having done fried squirms for years and stuff You've seen a and lot like of and just watching movies in general he's one of those weird gets because 
he kind of does anything, so he is in a lot of just Yeah, he's crap. a European actor. But he's also done a lot of, like, really, really highfalutin, like, art house movie type stuff, he's too. He's seen the whole spectrum in his career. <laughs> oh, God, I'm blinking a name and it's driving me nuts. Who's the, uh, I want to see the baby <laughs> character, actor? Uh, he also makes a lot of documentaries in Mando. Oh, <laughs> Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog is like my dream casting for Deacon Frost. Oh, like like 20 years ago, Werner Herzog. Um, oh, that would be great. Anyway. So for general nerdery folks, uh, in the comic books, Deacon Frost is an old German man who, when he bites you, he doesn't just turn you into a vampire. He creates a vampiric doppelganger of you. And yeah, no, he's not late90s.com yuppie. <laughs> for, yeah, for reasons I don't understand. As well as Ghost Rider's buddy being like the most obnoxious white boy with dreads of all time. I liked him. He clearly was having the time of his life making this movie. But like... <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the movie I fell in love with Donald Logue. That's and the... we'll watch anything that he's in. I'm going to be a naughty god. And I'll go, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently he was, I think, supposed to be killed in the beginning. And once he was on set, they were like, keep well, him, this keep guy him, needs him. to be in the movie more because he is hilarious. They're right. Keep cutting off his arm. And I guess he improv most of his dialogue, too. Heck yeah. Dad wanted to watch a vampire movie when I was like 12, 13, 14, mm -hmm. you know, shortly after this came out. And I was like, I love Blade. Let's watch Blade. I'm really excited about this. I really like Blade. And Dad's like, yeah, all right. And immediately. I knew I had made the wrong choice with this. Because <laughs> the underground. <laughs> and it, he didn't make it to Blade showing up. Because <laughs> like, that guy whose name I've already mm -hmm. forgotten. Don um, Donald Logue. Donald Logue getting blown in the thing. And he's like looking at me. I'm like 13, 14 being like, great movie, right? Like, <laughs> the blood. And then the blood starts pouring out. He's like, I'm done. This is trash. I'm like. You wanted a vampire movie. What were you expecting, Dracula? Yeah. So I took it downstairs and watched it, and he judged me relentlessly. Um, uh, all right. Blade. So, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for this movie. That's fair. Same, actually. This is, like, one of, like, the most foundational movies to, like, young me that I can think of. Um, it is one of the first movies I can think of being... Just super hyped for like this is what cool counting is. down to like, when it comes out. Like me and my friends would get excited watching the trailer for it coming on TV because Wesley Snipes looked like the coolest person on earth. And also, and not he gonna cares lie, in this one, yeah, um, yeah, he does care in this one. <laughs> not gonna lie, we misunderstood because the the glaive at the beginning, in yeah, the, yeah he threw it, yeah, that's in the trailer. We didn't know that that was a circular room. Mm. And so when we were talking about that trailer, we would always say like, oh, yeah, and Blade's so fast, he throws it and then runs in front of it and catches it after it's killed some people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so okay. awesome. I remember sitting on like a, a play set kind of thing in the 90s talking about the, the ad that was just... Wesley Snipes standing there in his blade pose mm -hmm. with the like black and red in the background. No, just the oh. like straight down one. Mm, like, okay. uh, yeah, this is really, 
really early memories. This came out the same year as John Carpenter's Vampires, and the thing I wanted to most be in my life was a vampire hunter. I definitely was making sketches of all the equipment I would use in like I, my school notebooks. I discovered this one and uh, Vampire Hunter D within a year of each other, I think. I was going to say, I, I know I didn't see it till later, but it would have been like during this time period that I would have been like walking into Hastings and seeing Vampire Hunter D there and stuff. Because I don't think I actually got to see Blade until right around when Blade 2 came out. Like for mm. whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know. I was 10, and the movie opens with a blowjob and a blood... <laughs> blood shower. Blood yeah. shower. And it was also one of the very first DVDs I owned. So, also just, like... We rented novelty, it so much, I should have just bought it. The novelty of, like, the new technology and being able to watch it. Oh, yeah. That as well. Like, I watch this movie all the time. I've watched all the special features on the DVD multiple times. Side note, I watched this on Tubi. I watched this. Which same. I appreciate that Tubi watched the show things for free. I am not used to commercials anymore. <laughs> That's fair. I rented it on YouTube for like four bucks. I honestly, <laughs> like depending on how Blade 2 goes, I might just order a, like a box set and then just ignore the fact that Blade Trinity exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Until we have to watch it. It's not good, but I'm warning <laughs> you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to be a battle between that and Morbius. I'm actually more concerned about Trinity than I am Morbius because I remember Trinity being kind of boring and bad is easier to talk about than boring. Trinity at least has Ryan Reynolds. Just auditioning so hard for Deadpool. Oh, it is 100%. We'll, we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. That's definitely not Hannibal King. Um, so you actually have read, we talked about this. Well, one of the things that we read was, uh, what was it called? Uh, Crescent City Blues? Yes. And I'm pretty sure that is the last Blade comic to come out before, before this, this movie. Oh, gotcha. So it was like, because I, I looked it up. That came out in, and I, I don't have the exact months, but this will be like the right amount of time. Like, that came out in July. This came out in September. August. August. Yeah. And then a Blade solo series launched like two months later where he was suddenly Wesley Snipes. the Wesley Snipes Blade. Like, when the would, change was that fast. When was the Spider-Man animated episode? It would have been before this because that Spider-Man episode heavily influenced this adaptation of Blade. Because I was going to say, it is almost unfair to like compare how this Blade was to the, the character before mm -hmm. because it so fundamentally changed the character of Blade. Yes. <laughs> in ways that, like, you kind of understood, but watching going like, oh, no, it was... Because, I mean, we read other Blade stuff, but it was stuff that came out, like, 15 years, 20 years later, so it, like, could seem like, oh, here's a natural progression of time of what... Actually, of Blade turning into a leather daddy edgelord. No, it was a week and a half. <laughs> like, <laughs> he went to the store, he's like, I want that. He bought the coat and called it good. <laughs> All right, and I'm tired of these wooden daggers that we'll never mention again. Time for, like, so many katanas. It's the late 90s, boys. Uh, that was 96 for the uh, animated Blade. Oh, so pretty, like... Right in that time frame. Yeah, like they might have been in pre-production at mm -hmm. that point. I'm mean, like, that was awesome. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. They've been trying to make this movie for a while. Really? Um, since like the late 80s. 
one of the earliest versions of the script had LL Cool J attached to be Blade. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> 100% yes. I think that was the version that they were developing in like 94 rather mm-hmm. than 98. Uh, but they, I think they kept having time, a hard time securing financing. Yeah, because it's Blade the Vampire Hunter. And it wasn't until they brought Wesley Snipes on, who also, like, loved this movie. Yeah, man. He was having fun. And part of the way they got him on was he was also made executive producer. Ah. Which I think is part of what leads to some of the problems in Blade Trinity. Because he has that kind of pull to be able to... They can't tell him what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> um, hmm. Interesting. This movie is really the foundation of the modern superhero movie, more than almost any other movie I can think of. Like, you know, Superman by Richard Donner really set the bar for, like, what... You know, we can do superhero movies as superhero movies and take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton did similar things with Batman and stuff, but, like... This was the one to bring in, I don't want to say a realistic edge because you just watched this movie, <laughs> but like, Empire Explode. It was fun. <laughs> or, Chunky Salsa. I know, it's so cool. Or Pearl, the like big fat thing that I super forgot about until that like, showed up. I had the flashback to the Moon Knight run we read and he goes to that fat guy. He's like, don't play the the. the don't gamble. He's like, you got it. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. from Doctor Strange Damnation. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but, like, not more realistic, but a harder edge than anything else had really. Because, I mean, even Batman Returns, which was the more, like, you know, darker Batman movie of the mm-hmm. of that run. Was almost was had that more like Tim Burton surrealism as opposed to gritty, gritty yes. urban. Yeah, it wasn't lived in. It had a more Jason Bourne feel. <laughs> it was gritty, but in kind of like a grimy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't gritty as in like when we think of like I, making it mean. I yeah. do love not, not grimdark. I I do well, I do love some of the like stylings of 90s action movies that just don't exist anymore for various reasons. Anytime he was in the car and they were showing time passing, they just like (laughs) sped up everything behind him, but kept him at the normal pace as he's talking. Yep. Uh, Or there's one scene is when he's in the hospital and like she, he kills a vampire. Two cops run out of a completely empty hallway. Mm Mm-hmm take like three shots at him. He turns around, swears at them and they just turn around and run back into the completely empty hallway. Like I'm so used to the like wildly massive budget that we have now that of all of those extras and stuff to like look lived in. Mm-hmm. They clearly did not have enough money for extras in that scene. $45 million budget. Friggin' half of that to Wesley Snipes probably. probably. Like, and yet the number of times, or I guess this kind of fits in with the 90s stuff, the number of times that Blade just opens fire with automatic machine guns in a crowded public space not only misses the vampire, but misses literally every single person, luckily. Don't want to see him not missing all those people. And just, like, casually saunters off. I'm like, wow, this is pre-2001. Like, this is... There was two scenes that I questioned. <laughs> uh, Only two? Just two? 
that I actually questioned. It was the one he's outside beating on the cop in public and no one said yeah, 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 that I was one. like, I looked at Nick, he was like, what? Like, this would fly then, <laughs> especially now. Like, someone would be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, not even looking. Just... And then not shoot at him when he's running away. I was like, Blade would have took that shot, no problem. <laughs> he wouldn't care. You watched this guy throw a kid through a hot dog stand and he didn't care then. Why would he care about shooting a random adult stranger? <laughs> I can't remember her name. Because they say it, like, twice in the entire movie. But the woman that is just the nice nurse lady in my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Karen Jensen? Dr. Karen Jensen. Should have been Saffron. Yes, should have been Saffron. His girlfriend in the comic book. That's in the company, yeah. I was surprised. I liked her way more than I was expecting to re-watching. I mean, I liked her back in the day, and mm -hmm. but, you know, I was 13. Mostly I was like, cool things are happening, and she's really pretty. Like, this is that was what my expectations were. She has a lot more agency than I would expect as from a 90s semi-damsel. It's over. Ah! <laughs> Tells her ex-boyfriend's over and he immediately gets killed by a vampire. Yeah, a friggin'. <laughs> it wasn't even like, a frame of differences. It's over. And she does shift from like, oh, I don't know if I can kill this person. He's like, you have to learn to pull the trigger. And he's like, all right. And then just blows up Pearl like two scenes later. Like, <laughs> he moved. Great line. <laughs> It would have been very disappointing if they hadn't. I had completely forgotten. Now, obviously, there's one line in this movie that I 100% remembered because it's should have been the tagline. But some mother always have to ice skate uphill. Always trying to ice skate uphill. I forgot how much more they cuss in this movie. It's a lot. Yeah. Just constantly. <laughs> well, this was the first R-rated superhero movie, mm -hmm. too, I want to say. It was, I mean, <laughs> I don't have complaints. I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, huh. oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. They advertise okay. this in the back of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> I kind of want to gif uh, when he's fighting those two vampires in the hallway out before he gets tased in his mom's bedroom. Uh, and he, he, this is the first time. Just that sentence out of context is <laughs> the most perfect sentence ever stated. Uh, this is the first time you see him use the new uh, serum and he, he pops it into the two vampires in the hallway. I want a gif of the lady on the ground doing that with the <laughs> ugly face. That gave me such big trouble in Little China vibes for mm. some reason. Like, <laughs> I remember I'm laughing as soon as that the, the scene happens. The CGI is crazy. I'm just laughing. And he's like, that's the grossest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. You know what I realized? So um, he the the meetup with Stephen Dorff outside where he throws the little girl, which mm -hmm. also invincible little girl. Yeah, good job, kid. Like <laughs> she goes right through that stand and is just fine. And trauma for the rest of her life, but no broken bones. She's fine. <laughs> she <laughs> went limp. <laughs> Probably did. But the other thing we get pre Matrix bullet time. I was gonna say. Um, I don't think The Matrix was inspired by this movie. Like, it's just the timeline doesn't work quite. But this Well, because we also have the Gap commercial going on around this time period. Oh, True. you're right. But, like, this came out in 98. Matrix came out in 99. But these two definitely had some, like, ancient ancestor that was con they're connected to. The like, what? Yes, La Magra. That's what I'm saying. Not like a movie well, that inspired both of fashion them. fashion works in the Matrix. Yes. You could interpose characters Scarily either so. way and change nothing. Because they even use swords in those guns, types of guns. Yeah, in the yeah man. Yeah, yeah. It's, this was peak 90s fashion. If you want to look at like, the, I, I was talking about how this affects my basic design inspirations. Equilibrium? When's the equilibrium compared uh, to A couple years later. Okay. But not too much not later. Not too much. 
Uh, but like my basic, like the, the basics of my design, if you look down at the very core, it's this, the Matrix, Trigun, and Cowboy Bebop. Everything I design is kind of comes out of those somewhere. I do love, well, okay, actually a couple of things. One, they're going to all of this work, bringing back the blood god Lamagra, when all you need to do to go outside is wear mascara and sunscreen and maybe a helmet if you're bored. <laughs> SPF 500 now. Like, it's mm. not... Marceline the Vampire Queen had to try harder mm -hmm. to stay out of the sun than these people did. And then they successfully summon the vampire god Lamagra, the invincible vampire that will bring about the end of the world. And turns out, all you need to defeat it is anticoagulants. <laughs> you can buy, like, over the counter. <laughs> also, it made it look like that all of them would die and some god would be replaced. But instead, we just got Pacey.com boy and <laughs> <laughs> with red eyes. And, he, and like, there's also like, yeah, when he's CGI here, everybody eyes. around it will turn to vampires. I'm like, well, the city's right there and nothing happened. Like, <laughs> So, interesting story. That was how it ended. They... I don't know if it was 100% finished off, but there is like a deleted scene. You can go an alternate ending. You can check on the, on the DVD, but they did an ending where he basically turns into like a giant blood tornado. And like, it's like sending off like pulses and stuff. That's a freaking death clock episode. That's so cool. And it tested terribly. Yeah. It sounds awful. <laughs> it doesn't look good. Like I said, I don't know if the effects were completely finished on it, but like there's a version you can watch. Like it's a really terrible looking. <laughs> we just tornado. stole the tornado from Twister and dyed it red. Oh no, That would, <laughs> that would have been so much better. Okay. You know how it looks like when his, like, torso is reattaching? Yeah. yeah. It's like that, but a tornado. Gross. Not good. That look Blade gives him, he turns around, he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it, no, like, it's the exam. I can't say the line because we're not supposed to swear in this episode, <laughs> no, but when the, the cops shoot him and he hit, it's but are you serious right now? Like, I'm like yeah, Blade. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has, like, across the board, audiences came out, like, Liked the movie up until the end where the, like, interesting, attractive bad guy turns into a blood tornado that we have to suddenly just That's fair, I look guess. at. Let's I... talk about how 1998 it is that Steven Dorff in that kind of heroined outlook was like, people were like, that's sexy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is standing right there. <laughs> Literally anybody else in the movie. <laughs> anybody else. Even the weird pearl person. <laughs> And that being said, the actual original ending for the script that they didn't film was Blade was supposed to fail. It feels like that setting up. Like he comes out, they have an on the erotic scene where he drinks her blood. And then that was, I mean, okay. So vampires sucking the blood has always been a really like exchanging fluids, really unsubtle, like they're having sex. But they really do. <laughs> but the whole on like, Ha! Uh, yeah. Humping noise <laughs> that he makes the whole time. Yeah. She's like, Please stop. She's saying she's saying don't stop. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, man. My point stands. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I get ooh. it, but come on. <laughs> but like the when you're the scenes prior to when he's being slightly blood out, it really felt like they wanted him to fail. So I was confused why nothing actually happened at the end of the movie. They summoned some 
They gave him red eyeliner and some <laughs> contact to make his eye mm-hmm. is red. And he could control his own blood. He literally killed the rest of the old blood for no reason. Like, they collectively had more power than he did now. <laughs> yeah, um, the original plan was this one ends with him failing and, like, a big vampire apocalypse starting. And then he's like, all the right, second one was supposed time to, to go be... to work. This is Blade's happy place now. Yeah. Like... <laughs> the second one was supposed to be him, like, fighting while, like, the world is turning into vampires. And somehow Morbius was going to be involved. Because <laughs> Morbius. Because <laughs> Morbius. Um, and then the third one was going to be, like, Blade protecting the tiny pockets of humanity that were still left over. I'm glad they didn't go that route, to be honest. Like, it just... It's a big story, but, like, very diminishing returns. It becomes very Night of the Living Dead. Plus, I think there's other movies that probably did that better. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sid Morbius. So we talked about this in the Blade episode we did of the comic, but they needed to explain in the comic book why Blade now is the Daywalker, because before... A Dampier. He was a Dampier, but it just, like... He didn't age, really. That was really the only specialty Blade had in those old school comics. But now he's the Daywalker. He's like Mm -hmm. a legendary vampire, half vampire, all of the strengths, none of the weaknesses. And their solution in the comic book, instead of just being like, shut up and roll with it, was he was bitten by Morbius and it made him all weird. (laughs) I think if Morbius did anybody, they get all weird. <laughs> yeah, man. A heroin addict nibbling on you is... Like Spider-Man's the I only know exception. it's not actually heroin, but like... It's heroin. As we talked about, his one plan is to inject questionable <laughs> chemicals into himself, plus side, if it has bat blood. <laughs> if you you have all these defenses in your super evil base against all the superheroes, all you need for Morbius is a wall of needles. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to use all of them. <laughs> I'll be set. You're good. Go do your thing. <laughs> It's an even, Morbius' plans are even worse than just injecting pure liquid garlic into the bloodstream. Essence of garlic. (laughs) So bad. I'm like, well, it might kill you. I'm like, yeah, man, but I don't think that has anything to do with vampires. Also, I think that's just... (laughs) Vampire mace? (laughs) That I liked. That I was... (laughs) Who said I was a vampire? (laughs) (laughs) So good. That cop had the worst blood. Like, snuck into your house, it's fine. You okay? Don't worry about it. Time to murder you. Like, Jesus, bug, you went, like, straight to 80. He deserved his fate, but he had a really rough ride getting to the end of his story. (laughs) Here's Blade warning us, ACAB, back in 1998, 25 years ago. (laughs) 90% of the time Krieger's on screen, he's just getting beat up. Or killed. (laughs) That poor boy. So I guess the the graphics of the user interface itself didn't hold up, but I kind of completely bought the computer algorithm decoding the the scrolls Mm -hmm. and how it was shown, even though it is is 98. There is something about the, and it's the part that doesn't hold up, the CGI, like, building the room out of, like, the green lights (laughs) and stuff. Okay, that was whack. It's so timeless to me, though. Mm-hmm. And it's because I grew up watching that, the like green stuff like that over a black screen. I mean, as far back as Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, like that's what like 
futuristic mm-hmm. kind of looks like to me, and it's the most 90s way to look at a computer. But I mean, also, my first computer was black and white, except it was green and white, or green and black instead. Like, it was, mm-hmm. I played Oregon Trail on hey, a yeah. DOS computer at five at my, like, computer lab at Lewis mm-hmm. and Clark Elementary. Like, I love this movie. I do. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> like, and it's... It's all. It's still all basically the best version of Blade. Mm-hmm. Like they've refined it a little bit in the comics and stuff, but he's still more compelling in this movie than he is most of the time. Yeah, on the page. And like I like, I legitimately really like old school Blade, the mm-hmm. pre movie Blade, uh, Tomb of Dracula stuff. But this is so good. It's so cool, and you can, and it shows the fact that they haven't updated Blade significantly. Since 1998. Because it's gold. They've done some tweaks. And, like, I'm sure there will be some more when... Who's playing Blade up next? Mahershala? Mahershala Ali. Uh, Which I'm really, really into, by the by. I mean, I know that we both mentioned it. We've both been playing Midnight Suns, and it's basically Wesley Snipes' Blade. Yeah. I was going to ask how that Blade... He's a little bit nicer than Snipes. Oh, a lot bit nicer. (laughs) Okay, a lot bit (laughs) nicer. He's... He's at a point in his career where he's willing to settle down and work with a team. Yeah. He uh, He's become the dad of a team, finally, and I think it's really mellowed him out. Uh, but you can tell that he's Snipes Blade. Yeah. Partially because he's being voiced by Michael Jai White. Oh, that's such good casting. Oh, my God. Just such good casting. <laughs> Michael Jai White could just play Blade. Yes. Yes, he could. <laughs> Technically, Blade, if you want to... Actually, Blade, if you want to get technical, I owe you two. <laughs> yeah. I do like that Snipes for years after this was like, I'm making Black Panther next. And eventually, it wasn't Phage yet, but uh, whoever was running Marvel movie stuff at the time was like, you're Blade. <laughs> you're not, you're Blade. I, it makes sense that the the Midnight Suns Blade is nicer, because I just don't think Wesley Snipes knows how to play a nice person. Maybe the movie where he was a drag queen. Other than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. That's yeah, the yeah. one. Great movie. Um, I was going to say, he's Wesley Snipes' play down to the point where his legendary card, once you unlock it, is the glaive. Nice, yeah. And I hate that it's it called it a glaive because a glaive is another term for a large polearm with a sword on the end, but yeah, like... It's really fun and pokey. <laughs> right. I believe his is called a glaive in a reference to the movie Crawl. Mm. where the throwing-bladed weapon in that was referred to as a glaive. Growing up, I saw commercials for Blade, and I also saw commercials for, I think it's called Underworld. Yeah. and I always Have you not seen Underworld? No. Oh and my I god, always... we're doing a general nerdery episode of Underworld sometime later this year. With yes, the... we are. When I was like 5 through 10 years old, I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> I get it. That's fair. I get <laughs> That's it. fair. And so when I was watching this, because I'd forgotten about that, because I've since learned they're different... Blade I saw would have the movie. So much fun in the underworld. Yeah, universe. he would destroy them. I because in but my he, head they'd be more of a fight than the vampires he's normally up that's against. Fair. Yeah, uh, but he lets so many vampires escape in that first scene. Like, yeah, he does. Blow up the oh, building. Well, to be fair, though, some of them are trying to stab him, and those take priority. <laughs> Just saying, he did not kinda, plot that out well. He killed the DJ. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much that he didn't plot it out well, so much as it's just like. If they get away, that just means I have something to do tomorrow night. Right? <laughs> like, also, I gotta be busy he, on a Friday. He also timed it for the blood showers to stop because he doesn't want to get his leather too dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, watching the movie, I had flashbacks when I was a kid because I saw commercials for both. 
and watching the movie was like, oh, I used to think this was like Underworld. And so I think part of the reason I didn't like the ending is because in my head, I thought the end of this movie would lead to an Underworld scenario. Mm. And I feel like that would work. I've seen Underworld, the first one only, once when it was in theaters. And it is a moment of one of the most important days of my life looking back, but not for any reason actually relating to Underworld. I had fallen entirely out of Western comic books. I was only reading and watching manga and anime, which don't do that. (laughs) And I love manga and anime, but like, don't do that. (laughs) Um, But I was, again, like 10, 12, 13. Like I was just about to dive into this, but I had time to kill before uh, the underworld started. So I went to the store and picked up a, I went to Hastings, really let's mm-hmm. place this in the era that it was in, and picked up uh, a copy of Batman Hush, with written, drawn by Jim Lee, God, and read it so like good. 15 times, and then was like trying to read it in the theaters while watching uh, Underworld. Uh, <laughs> so good. Underworld definitely hits differently when you realize that one of the guys is going to go on to play Aziraphale in Good Omens. <laughs> Yes. The angel in Good Omens plays a vampire lord in... No, what? a werewolf. A werewolf lord? Oh, my God. I had no idea. Um, what's his he's, name? He's, he's um, he, No, no, the actor. Um, oh, um, Michael Sheen. He plays in 30 Rock a character named Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and they're like, what, like the actor? And he goes, take the name Wesley. Which one do you think it's most likely to be, a handsome black man or a fussy little Englishman like myself? <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Was this before or after Wesley Snipes was out of prison for, uh, what was it, this tax evasion? This is way before. Okay. Yeah, this is way before. That's um, probably the most tame thing someone can go to prison for in that circle of people. I do want, I do want to bring up, in one of the early versions that they tried to get made, uh, before LL Cool J was attached to be Blade, it was Richard Roundtree. What? I don't know Richard Roundtree. Shaft. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> good lord um he's a bad mother <laughs> some bad mothers always trying to ice skate uphill <laughs> man i would also have watched that a hundred percent i had it i lost it um, no that's fair shaft <laughs> that just i get it wiped out everything i had going in my brain it really shows and it, I mean, even reminds me, we talked about how tomb, how big Tomb of Dracula is, and we never read any of the actual Tomb of Dracula series. We only read any of the follow-up mini, which was also very good. Mm-hmm. Strange, but very good. Gene Colan did some of his best work. But it really shows how important that run is, even if it's not widely known to the wider community outside of, like, dedicated comic fans. I didn't... I mean... I'm me. I've been running three, helping run three nerd podcasts for like three years now. And I did not understand how important Tomb of Dracula was really until reading some of this. But it shows how big it is that they spent 10 years making Blade of all things. Is it one of the earliest Marvel movies that came out? That actual Marvel movies without the the Marvel tag? When I say it's the first Marvel movie... It basically is. There was a Punisher movie starring Dolph Lundgren that might have been straight to TV. I don't think so, but... Right, because 98 was also the year of the Nick Fury-David Hasselhoff 
that movie's fun. It's beyond awful. Same writer as Blade. David S. Goyer. <laughs> who went on, of course, to write, co-write the uh, Nolan Batman trilogy. And a lot of the later, like, DCU stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, dude's been super involved in comic book stuff. It was weird watching it. There's no mention of Marvel anywhere in the movie. No, no. There's no splash screen at the beginning, nothing at the end. It's just Blade. So if you didn't know if that was a Marvel thing, you wouldn't know it anytime during or after. X-Men wouldn't come out for another two years, because X-Men first came out in, I think, 2000. Spider-Man, I think, was 2001, 2002? With Tobey Maguire. Yeah, with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. There had been, I mean, obviously the uh, the Incredible Hulk, but that had all been TV shows. Yeah. And other than some made-for-TV movies in the 80s. Not never... counting cartoons, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvel had had a heyday of cartoons in the 90s with X-Men, the animated series, Spider-Man, the animated series. But a lot uh, of those are kind of just for kids. Terribly voice acted, but yeah. fun. The Iron Man one that lasted like 10 episodes. The Hulk oh, yeah. one that lasted about 15. Um, Marvel, this is a strange time for Marvel because it had gotten really big a few years before this in comic books because of the collector's boom. I mean, uh, X-Men 1, still going, you have no idea how big it was in the 90s. X-Men 1 by uh, Claremont and Lee sold over a million issues. These days, a good selling comic will sell like 300,000. It's really good. And that's a good selling comic book. Like this is, Mm -hmm. uh, people were obsessively buying comic books being like, this is going to pay for your college someday, son. And turns out when that many people buy Death of Superman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like the guy at the comic book store who he was telling me he'll get stuff like that every once in a while. And he'll be like, good news. You're right. This comic from the '40s is worth eighty times what it was, and they're like, oh. "They're like, but it sold for a nickel back then." And they're like, "Oh, they're like I'll give you, I'll be nice. I'll give you three dollars for it." Mm-hmm. Like when the the speculator market crashed, and it crashed fast for the comic books, a bunch of companies went over, and Marvel went bankrupt. I think Marvel went bankrupt the year this movie came out, within two years. Mm-hmm. Because it'd be right around this time period that they're making the deals with Sony for Spider-Man. They're selling the Spider-Man. They're selling Daredevil. They're selling Fantastic Four. They're selling X-Men to Fox. They're desperately selling off the movie rights because who cares about superhero movies? The most recent one to come out was Batman Forever, which was critically and financially a failure. You and I have our own opinions Mm -hmm. that we've talked about many times with that movie. But Mm -hmm. um, no one else liked it but us. (laughs) (laughs) So... This movie came out and put Marvel. This movie, I don't want to say like it saved Marvel. But it might have. It made Marvel a financially viable like property source. And this one selling when Blade sold, they went. Okay, we can make an X-Men movie and like that'll (laughs) sell like we can we can let Sam Raimi make Spider-Man finally. (laughs) Well, and it was also something... James Cameron stopped talking about it, so... Sorry. When, after all the properties were sold off, and Marvel was like, well, we need to make movies out of somebody. Who do we have? What can we do this with? They had an example to point back and be like, dude, we had a super successful movie with Blade. Blade. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just get the script in place. Yeah, just actually care about the movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what's... 
every superhero movie that I didn't like, it's almost never the actors. It's absolutely never the characters. I mean, unless it's something like that Steel movie from the early 90s that no one liked or wanted. Except for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, but, like... Guess who already loved the story of John Henry when that movie came yeah, out? Yeah, I did too, but I was much more about uh, Tall Tale of the Legend of Pecos Bill rather than... And had, uh, and, uh, had like, three different shack binders for school. See, I wasn't a shack guy, so that's why, but, uh... God, Shaq's very brief. I'm going to be a movie star. And I was like, I don't. You know what, man? You're already set. Better than him being a rapper. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I just like Shaq. I don't care what he does. Never heard any some, some any of Shaq Diesel? No. You should. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fun. I know we don't do recommendations anymore, but. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's just bad. <clears throat> It's fine. But good. It's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's Shaq rapping. So. Also, I'm pretty sure that Shaq was cast as Steel because he already had the Superman S tattoo. You know, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I read an article today about the number of times that Donald Trump has tried to compare himself to Superman, Ugh. including his original plan when he got let out of the hospital when he almost died from COVID was to, like, look super frail until he got up to the camera and then rip his shirt open and have a Superman shirt on underneath. He was going to try to do like a Willy Wonka. But like, have you ever watched the interview he did when he got let out of the hospital? He was hopped up on so many steroids that it would have been like, that guy can, we all know my opinions about mm -hmm. that guy, but like that would have been the most incredible moment of television history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I don't want to see that. I don't either, but... <laughs> A thing that is peak 90s action movie that I kind of missed and I didn't realize was such a thing until it came here, or maybe just 90s movie, is the very pale blonde woman wearing almost nothing except for the giant white fur coats. <laughs> uh, like, you're a vampire. And vampires are not subtle in this one. Like, that's... Well, these these particular vampires aren't subtle. We saw the corporate businessmen. No, but I mean, like, when the vampires feed in oh, this. No. Other than Blade, who's too busy humping to, like, <laughs> let the blood go everywhere. Everyone else is just covered. Like, how many fur coats does that woman go through? Uh, probably uh, a lot. She doesn't care. Hey, it's okay. It's 1998. They've invested in Pets.com. I do think it's interesting to point out that probably her next biggest movie role was as the character Una in Vampires Los Muertos, a sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires, which was released the same year as Blade. She once again plays a vampire, and the lead of that movie is John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, no. How have I not watched this? Oh, no. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to go watch that at home tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Oh. God, I love John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so fun i think the only thing that the movie i wish would have done a little differently is they started off with his mom great because i was actually surprised that they kept his origin story the same other, other than, than the, the fact time. that he was born in the 1960s yeah. instead of which is fine mm -hmm. i i like okay like you have to make it more modern that's fine whatever you but don't like, want to deal with the fact that he's secretly 80 at that point far yeah. enough or like the racial stuff <laughs> <laughs> for a 90s movie uh 
But like, you don't want to make him older than Whistler. <laughs> no, they wouldn't well, because he's like my son. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, quick thing. I do want to hear what you're saying, but quick thing. When he's like trying to take care of Whistler, and he has like the one tiny alcohol pad, and he's like. <laughs> Wiping off his neck, negligible amounts of blood. I'm like, Blade, just call the hospital, man. Like, you know, I'm gonna save you. (laughs) Sorry, go on, go on with your the one Uh, thing you didn't like. So, the the way the beginning was fine with his mom, uh, and I would have been fine if it was a doppelganger because from the comic books, they're not exactly they're almost exactly the same, but they seem to have quirks. I make vampires and that makes doppelgangers because I want to say it was chemicals. Yeah. Is the most bizarre comic book choice possibly ever made. I will say, so it's in the script and, but it's never went into in the movie, even though technically it was supposed to be there. You just don't see enough time with all the characters. All the different vampire clans are supposed to have different specialties. Okay. And, like, one of them are supposed to be, like, pyrokinetic and, like, all sorts of <laughs> Whoa! That would have been cool. Sorry, we have not let yeah. you finish yeah. this thought. <laughs> no, it's not, this, this movie's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, and it was fine that she was alive, even though she wasn't doppelganger. That's fine. I just didn't appreciate the fact that there's the scene where she hooks up her son to the blood machine. And tries to, like, make out with him for a while. No, it's and then very when, sexual. And then when she's getting stabbed in the heart by her son, he's like, I must release you. <laughs> and he does, like, the kind of hump thing again. Like he's, I was like, Wesley Snipes just can't see an attractive woman and not be like, all right. <laughs> also, what happened to the zombie? She didn't kill him. She no, didn't, he's just she, hanging out down there. She just broke his arm. Well, theoretically, he's just still down there. Yeah. Oh, no. Karen! Karen! I kind of liked him more as a zombie. Yeah, the Do voice was... Who was that actor? Because he was in Iron Man years later, and he was in friggin' um, Stargate. Oh, he, he, he was, was in Stargate SG-1. <laughs> SG-1? Yeah, he was uh, uh, in the like final two seasons. He's one of those guys that's in a lot of bad sci-fi that his, I love. Uh, his name is Tim Guinea. I had completely forgotten that he was an Iron Man. I didn't know he was an Iron Man until I watched this and went, it's the SG-1 guy. I also have to rewatch all of that. You don't. Oh, and I, actually. I, but... Whoa. What's up? He's Oswin John Carpenter's vampires. <laughs> He's the priest. <laughs> He's Why did lot, I not notice that? He's in a lot of stuff. He's one of those actors that doesn't usually have a like major starring role, but is everywhere he, under the sun. He is also both the, the voice of both the Hoover Dam Guide and the AFT agent in Beavis and Byhead Do America, <laughs> wow. which makes me really happy. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that information. I think that's it. Uh, the rest of the movie was super fun. Uh, I still want a gif of that lady on the ground squirming around. I think it's funny. <laughs> just when someone says something terrible in one of my chats, I can just post that as a response. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um, legit, it's still maybe the best Blade story. It was really good. Uh, the next movie's the best movie. But okay. maybe not the best story. Okay, I'll give you that one. There's, I'm really excited, mostly because Yarmo Del Toro, but also... Del Toro was amazing. Wait, is it Ron Perlman in that one too? Ron Perlman, Cat, yeah, and, um, uh, Danny Jacobs. Is that it? Mm-hmm. 
the Boondock Saint that's also in Walking Dead. Norman Reedus. Yeah. Oh my Reedus. God, that's Norman Reedus. Yeah, Scud is Norman Reedus. Wasn't he in the Crow, one of the Crow movies too? No. No, that's the other that's guy Eddie that looks Furlong. Okay, who looks a lot like Norman Reedus. I call him Craig O'Brien. I always Norman thought it Reedus. was. I always thought it was Eddie Furlong. Okay. Huh. There's so much happening in that movie. I feel like the like this era of movie making was like the start of a lot of people's like long-term careers like mm-hmm. this was a funny way for them to get into the, the industry well i mean i'm pretty sure blade 2 is where ron perlman and Yarmo del toro met which no. is oh is it not no no he had worked with them before oh okay because i was gonna say those two brought us hellboy a few years uh, about five years after which this is fun. and hellboy remains a gold standard of how to do a comic book movie as far as i'm concerned like Love that flavor yeah yeah mm-hmm. i would agree perlman was in chronos and that was 93 oh yeah so wait Way mm-hmm. before. That's like 10 years before. I know this is off. Because when did Blade 2 come out? That was 2003-ish? Uh, 2002. Oh, okay. I, remember, I know this mm-hmm. is off topic. We did mention uh, Toro. Isn't he supposed to be working with Hideo Kojima on something right now? As I heard. Oh, How probably. many things has uh, Yamro Del Toro signed on to over the years? Because they... I don't know, but... Hideo that... Kojima is like, I'm going to make my own version of Silent Hill, but now Silent Hill's coming out with a new game and a remake of two, and a new movie, which I'm going to watch. <laughs> it looks really good. And um, I can't believe I forgot to mention it, but uh, Guillermo Del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix is amazing. Yeah, I heard it's really good. I haven't watched it it's yet, It's really good. I, that's another one of my ingested. <clears throat> but, Blade. That's one I did not expect until someone like... Like it came out, I'm like, oh, honestly, I can see it. Yeah, like it. It's really good, it, which is fun because the original po- Pinocchio Disney movie is not. There's yeah. some like beautiful animation, but they had not figured out how to pace a full length movie. Plus the cartoon the, yet. The Pinocchio story is weird and funky, which is mm-hmm. up Del Toro's alley. Like that's his bread and butter. Yeah, he still does a little bit different of a take on it. It's not the Disney Pinocchio story, which and it's also be. not. It's not quite the book. Like, there is some changes made here and there, including just, like, really, really setting it in a setting instead of just, like, vague fairy fairy tale land. It is like, oh, no, we're in 1940s Italy. Have fun. Hmm. (laughs) Spoiler. Fascism. Spoiler. Mussolini's in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, how are we going to make Pinocchio interesting? Ugh. Benito Mussolini. <laughs> Voiced by Tom Kenny. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. <sighs> but yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I think my first time watching it, I was actually really mm. impressed with how well it held up. Uh, I've seen other movies around this era. Oh, that I've watched, they don't always. And I was like, I used to watch this as a kid, and I don't think I could watch it ever again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm down to watch this again. Yeah. Like, soon. I probably will I, yeah, put it on a, in the background while I'm doing something else, like cleaning. So. I, I wasn't sure. I thought that this one was going to not hold up very well, and the Blade 2 would hold up decent. And who knows? I We'll see how Blade 2 holds up in a week? Next week. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm excited. Four days from now for me. Like, that'll <laughs> be my day to watch it. But, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, we we talked about how to open this. We do did not talk about how to end this episode crossover. Well, I mean, I guess the um, main thing is is that next week is going to be Blade 2. Next week's Blade 2. See you there. This is the general nerdery <laughs> noob island crossover uh 
I don't know. Do spectacular. Have... Yeah. All Vampire right. killing spectacular. Oh, that's the one last thing I was going to say, oh. I guess. Um, I love how the... So I with how many times I cuss, this movie's rated R anyway, so I'm guessing they didn't weren't doing this necessarily to get around standards and practices but you can be so much more violent when you just have your enemies fading into dust mm -hmm. afterwards you watch yeah, some of this stuff like, whoa boy in the first part of the movie you watch him pick a vampire up by the head by shoving a stake through his jaw and then stapling it to the roof and i was like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's actually the exact thing I was thinking of when I brought that up. It's like he stakes a dude under the jaw so hard that he slams his head up into the roof and just like I nails him there. I literally looked to my wife during that first scene. I was like, I just want to watch Constantine. <laughs> After watching that scene. <laughs> also, the those paramedics and officers could not have cared any less. They walked in on the guy who's on fire and the cop's like, Put that guy out. <laughs> Dude, this was New York in the 90s. Like, it's hard to explain how bad New York was for, like, they the latter there. half of the 20th century. They don't um, really care. They're just like, okay, we're putting him out, I guess. Let's go. Okay. Anyway. Okay, I guess in the meantime, we're your professors and generals of nerdery. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Mac. That's Mac. Mac. Dismissed. I like doing the Dismissed. I know, I was trying to think if I was going to add something on, and I was like, nope. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Byland. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.